Does everybody know what time it is? School time. Hey, that's right. It's grunt work. He might bring a little something, but damn the game if college don't cut in. <laughs> Taylor's the name who got the game, the mm. only game in life. Mm. Soccer's the game, football <laughs> the same. Mm. I got game, you got game, we got game, Taylor got game, Taylor got game. <laughs> it might feel good, it might sound a little something, Still going. but fuck with the game if it ain't on grunt work. The only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that has a play-at-home board game for all participants. <laughs> I am your host, Landon. I go hard in the motherfucking paint, Solano. Joined always by my co-host, Truman. Go Caps! Truman, <sighs> it's good to see you. They are There aren't a lot of hip-hop songs about soccer. I'm just going to say that right now. I, I'm I'm surprised, uh, as as such a scholar of hip hop as everyone knows, that you were able to find one and one that lined up uh, so well with this. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was about basketball. It's called "He Got Game" from the movie "He Got Game" by Public Enemy. I, I guess I could have clued in on that. I was I was hearing that and I was thinking they they wouldn't be so crazy as to release a whole rap song with the same name as a movie, would they? I guess it makes well, sense that it's a tie-in. And it 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 uh uh I think marries your talk singing with my talk singing because it samples um uh oh god I can't remember the name of the song the Hollies uh something happening here uh so what what you're saying is that much like last week when it was Run DMC meeting up with Aerosmith uh <laughs> this week it's more of the same it, it, do, do you think that in sort of a the end of Neon Genesis Evangelion situation we are all going to become one by the end of this like. Like it, yes. you know, my my taste in movies is going to start incorporating Giallo, and yours is going to start <laughs> incorporating, um, I guess, just Paul Thomas Anderson tropes. Is that is that yep. where we're gonna be? <laughs> I'm gonna do a complete 180 on Quentin Tarantino. There will be there. Well, it'll be about I, I don't know. I would call it more of a 90. I'm halfway on him. I'm just I'm just saying it'll, okay. it'll like by the end we will truly be in agreement because we will have become one, whether it's in talk <laughs> singing or in our physical selves. Um. I also want to say that I think that the Grunt Work uh, Home Board Game Edition, this is the part of the podcast where I just review Landon's intro. It's a very thank good you, podcast we make. I can't wait for I the think, grade. I think that if uh, if you, if you if there was to be a Grunt Work Home Edition, it, I imagine there would be a lot of rules to it. It would be one of those board games that, that there's like 30 minutes of explanation from the friend who's trying to get you to play it up front. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? And a lot of like eyes glazing over and hitting the 30 second skip button. Yeah, I, I do. Yes. Agree. <laughs> Lots of people abruptly leaving your house party as soon as the <laughs> grunt work home game comes out. Um, I, I also have another important question for you. Uh, yes. Do we do this whole episode in British accents? I, you know, I earlier today was trying a couple on as I was as previewing some some jokes and some bits from the podcast, and I'm gonna say no, <laughs> let's okay. not. I think we're going to do a bunch of them when we are recapping certain aspects of the episode. But yeah. I think that uh, 
I think the re- the real risk, based at least on my cultural exposure as a child, is that any if I do a British accent for more than ten seconds, it's going to turn into Austin Powers, and I I can't I can't <laughs> I love I love our listeners too much to do that to them. And as we know, last week was the Randy episode, so uh, we we aren't well, going there again. Some would say that the uh, episode before last was the Randy episode, but um, yeah, it was two in a row, really. Um, Landon, mm-hmm. um. Well, okay, I'm going to say, this is difficult because I don't have a way to clue into the fact that I know that you have continued working on your house and I want to know how that's going, but I don't know how to discreetly cue to you that I want to hear what happened today. (laughs) Well, how about this? Uh, First of all, I want to make this shorter. I don't want to take up as much room with it as we have in the last couple episodes. Uh, (laughs) You've got nothing but but rooms. You've got a house. (laughs) I kind of want to codify it and do like a proper, um, I don't know, I'm going to trust you as the editor of these episodes to put in the Klaus sound effect here, but like the Mm -hmm. salute, the plumbing. Okay. So Uh, I'm saluting. What happened with your plumbing? Okay. Here's a question. I'm sorry. Here's a tip. Uh, Not a tip. Uh, This is, this is a hook. I guess you would call it in marketing terms. Um, No homeowner or, or pet owner, I guess uh, (laughs) ever wants to walk into a room and step into an unexpected puddle. You know, Landon, as as a non-homeowner and a non-pet owner, I don't like stepping in puddles, period. It's a shit experience. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever stepped in an unexpected puddle and been happy about it. Uh, well, I guess you can ask Gene Kelly, but I think no, he was, no, he was he was in the moment. He was he was he, expecting those. He gave away his umbrella. He knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> He's singing a song about being in the rain. He knows he's going to jump in that puddle. I, anyway, I'm agreeing with you. Go on. Tell me about okay, this puddle right. you stepped in. Oh, well, so I regaled everyone with my my story about um, doing the, the kitchen faucet, which was leaking and included a whole mold thing. Uh, that yeah. has been rectified. I have a great faucet in there now, a smart faucet. Uh, the mold's Congrats. gone. It's dry. It works. Fantastic. I love it. Uh, mm. I, I've had a problem... So I have, listen, I'm going to, this sounds super fancy, I realize. I have two bathrooms. Uh, <laughs> two I, I do too, so I, I'm not, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Which is your favorite? I have a favorite shower. Which one is your favorite? They are, they are identical bathrooms, but. You love them both equally, you sink the, the one that's in my office has a tub that is one foot wider, and mm-hmm. that room has a window in it. So, like, <laughs> Odd that's, <combo>. the, <laughs> that's the. That's the tub that I like bathe in, whereas mm-hmm. uh, the other one is where I shower. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, the my bedroom bathroom drain has a problem with it. So that shower has been shut down for a while. Uh, yeah. So I've been using my office bathroom to shower in the morning. And when I was stepping into shower, uh, I stepped into a puddle the second I walked into the room and thought, well, mm-hmm. that's not good. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say, this is a big statement for me, water is slowly usurping bears as my biggest fear. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Uh, it, it, the, the, I've talked about it before, the amount of damage water can do is just terrifying to me. So, uh, so the scariest part of True Heart isn't the bears, it's when he falls into the river. <laughs> It's like, that's doing so much damage to that valley. Ugh. I mean, look, it's creating an actual chasm between the rocks. Erosion. 
is the, what I'm the, saying. The Grand, the Grand Canyon is is too much for you to even oh, contemplate. God. Just seeing how how water damaged that pristine desert millions of years ago. <laughs> Okay, I, I don't want to take too much more time with this. Basically, the same thing that happened to my kitchen sink happened to my bathroom sink in my office. Uh, mm. The hose got corroded and had a slow drip. I got lucky because I had a 10-pack of toilet paper under that sink, <laughs> which absorbed all of the water uh, oh. over a period of time. And only once the toilet paper pack was just like, yeah, I think I'm done with the water, did it piss on my floor. So... <laughs> Uh, I was able to just pick up a like 20 pound pack of soggy toilet paper <laughs> and get it out from underneath the thing and, and dry it out and all was fine. But now I'm in a situation where I have one bathroom that doesn't have a shower that works and I have another bathroom that doesn't have a sink that works. So I, I'm I constantly running back and forth between the two to get anything done. I love that your uh, I, I love that your plumbing has now gotten so smart and so advanced with your smart faucet that uh, it's that like your plumbing system is just using up the toilet paper for you without even incorporating <laughs> you as the middleman. Like you don't have to waste your time going to the bathroom to have toilet paper get thrown out. Like the the this, plumbing has evolved past needing you. This might be a little TMI, but I I'm a, oh, nice. a supporter nice. of the bidet and. Mm. I love how much toilet paper it saves. Ironic that <laughs> the amount of toilet paper that I saved was then ruined by a <laughs> spout of water. I, I, I would say what's ironic is that you fear water more than bears, but you are willing to let water go into some very personal and private areas. <laughs> like, you, w you would not wipe your ass with a bear, Landon, and yet... I, I, don't I don't know those Charmin commercials. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to wipe my ass with anything that is that obsessed with ass wiping. I would feel like I'm gratifying some kind of weird fetish. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah. that's anyway. okay. Well, okay. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited now. Now you've left us on a cliffhanger with your real life home improvement. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you going to do? Like, I give us give us a preview of next week. How are you, how are you going to well, fix? I don't. This. I don't want to be going on repeat here because basically, I I just have to do the same thing to this that sink that I do with the kitchen sink, uh, which is replace the faucet. Presumably, the thing is that it's just the hose that's bad, not the faucet itself. So while I have this upcoming holiday break, I'm gonna take the faucet out, see if I can't just replace the hose on the existing faucet, and if not, then I gotta get an entirely new faucet and get that in there. And Oof. what's more interesting to me right now is the the drain issue in the other shower, which is uh, not at all interesting to anybody listening. But I have a a I had a whole issue there. I had to replace the drain. Now I've installed the new drain, but now I have a slow leak from somewhere. And I have to figure out, is it coming from the seal around the rim? Is it coming from the pipe itself? Or is it coming from the threading around the bottom of the drain? I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. D look, I, I'm, I'm saying just start putting toilet paper all over your house. Just rolls, <laughs> rolls the stuff everywhere. You're, you're protected. Here's, you know, here's that's what, your bear spray. Here's what I want to know. Because I sent you... I, I, I'm in a world of DIY home improvement... YouTube videos. This oh, is God, what my life ever. has become. And finally, I was able to find one that encapsulates the feeling of watching these things. And I sent it to you, and I'm very curious what your 
reaction was to it. Now, now, was the, you've sent me a couple of them, and I don't have a. I, I'm not super interested in watching all of these like 40 minute long videos of a guy <laughs> removing parts of his bathtub. Was it the yeah, first yeah, yeah. one? Uh, where, where the one that just, I, I sent you that said start at minute eight and go to like yes. minute 16. Yes, the one that was just an eight minute commitment. No, no, no. Uh, it was a real roller coaster of a video. It is a dude who is showing how to clean off. Like he's just he's got his camera set up and he's just trying to clean up this one gasket from his bathtub and he's tr- he's got a he's got it's it's just a shot of this hand and this sharp ass screwdriver and he's trying to get on there and just file away the grout that's under there and the second I'm looking at this it's like oh bro you're you're really shoving at this and prying at this and your fingers right there you are going to stab yourself dude you are going to stab yourself and he almost immediately hit the the screwdriver slips and he stabs himself in the finger <laughs> and then goes right back to doing it but what what was is, his reaction what did he say in that moment do you remember I said, let's see. Uh, oh, that that went through the glove. Yeah, I wonder if I'm if I'm bleeding under here. Yeah, I'm probably bleeding. Uh, that punctured it. Uh, what? Just He's just got, talking. Just got to keep frankly. going. <laughs> yeah, and and the whole time I'm like, dude, you. I'm. I mean, I, if I had not called a repairman before now, I would absolutely. The second I stab myself in the hand trying to do a home improvement task, that is when I retire. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know that I would have called someone at that moment. I would have definitely stopped filming, addressed my hand, and, you know, maybe reconsidered, like, do people need to watch me actually scrape this gasket clean? Maybe I'll just, like, cut to later in the video with a bandaged finger and... Um, we're we're in we're in no position to question um, people's <laughs> idea of of how interesting content they create is Landon. Fair we're, point. Uh, Fair yeah, point. Yeah, we're, we're you know, <laughs> let's let's see how how long did we spend at the beginning of this episode talking about British we, accents? We're we're literally in the midst of not talking about home improvement. <laughs> yeah, well, but uh, but in another sense, we are in the midst of talking about home improvement. I guess so. Again, again, it's but, it, end of Evangelion, dude. We're just all coming together. <laughs> The 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 thing that I really wanted you to see, which you commented on in our text, was what it transforms into once he's like not. It's like minute seven of cleaning this gasket. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has to fill the dead space with something. Uh, <laughs> what does he go into? Because this is this is my experience with most home improvement videos. Oh God! Well, then, then I'm I'm so psyched that you're watching so many of them. He is talking about how I I don't know. He he makes some sort of gendered comment, just referring to you know this is how guys do it. You know, or, or I mean guys guys and girls, whatever you know, men or women. Yeah, you know. But I guess what I hear now is that we're not allowed to say man or woman anymore. That's what they're teaching kids in school. Yep, you can't be a man or a woman anymore. You just got to be a they or a they. Like it just goes on this whole. <laughs> talking about like, his own kids like yeah i can't even call my kids a boy and a girl or a son and a daughter i gotta call them my offspring that's what we gotta not, call them now i guess <laughs> which is a not true and B, i've never heard rules. anyone say offspring <laughs> yeah, unless I mean, you're talking about the defunct 90s pop punk band well that's the thing about your kids and the genders i guess is you've got to keep them separated at least as far as this guy's <laughs> concerned uh but yeah, so but even as he is as he is doing this, 
as as he is going on this kind of transphobic rant and he's prying away and chipping away at the grime and the grout on this thing that he's been chipping away at for seven minutes and like injured himself and is bleeding into his gloves he finally is like ah you know what i'm not i i can't do it this thing's just going to the junk heap i i can't get this thing cleaned off as soon as he says that he pries off this massive chunk of the grime that's on there just breaks apart all as one and it's so clean and shiny underneath and it was like it was actually cathartic to me and i didn't realize until then how interested uh, and invested i was in this guy getting the gunk off of this gasket and so it i mean uh, kind of a a complex unlikable hero and uh, (laughs) real stakes and and uh, a form of catharsis Let's not overlook it's, it's the greatest greatest part of that is when that piece of gunk came off, uh, he he made some sort of comment about how magical it was, like the great Malenko yeah. <laughs> in an ICP reference. <laughs> this this video had so many emotions in it. <laughs> Listen, uh, man, I, would would Tool Time as a show be better if they just wore Juggalo makeup the entire time? I mean, we have the AI. We can make that happen. You know, uh, it's, it's... I think uh, they would end up just looking like Kiss, though. <laughs> Honestly, well, that would, Tim would be going in a Kiss direction with it. I think Al would be going in an ICP direction with it. Do we, do we bleach blonde Al's hair? as well <laughs> well no actually maybe no no maybe tim is the icp head because then that explains why his hair was bleach blonde in the uh in that uh, bloop from last episode <laughs> little callback action wow. landon we're d- we're dancing we're dancing all around it uh but do we want to just yeah. do we want to just crack open some home improvement and just yeah, talk about we this watched, episode we watched an episode this week truman can you tell us a little bit about what happened i absolutely can studying for the sats is making brad sad But when Wilson's British friend Simon offers him a chance to play pro soccer in England, Brad is glad. Tim and Jill tell him he can't just skip out on college to be a pro athlete, which makes Brad mad. But ultimately, he decides to go to college after a conversation with Brad's dad, whose name is Tim. (laughs) I like that you broke broke the rhyming scheme at the end there. Well, well, I mean, that was... I, I'd just for clarification the, I, purposes. I, I'd, I'd finished it. I just was... Uh, that's why there was the pause, Landon. It's not like... It's not like everything that happens after the credits is still part of the movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, that's that, that, that's what happened this week. I can't do a haiku, but I can, I can identify when one word rhymes with a bunch of other words. <laughs> well, blimey, do you want to guess that title? Um, yes. I'm Blimey, going to. I, I think I, might be Australian. <laughs> yeah, that was more of a more of a land down under thing. Um, <laughs> all right, I've got. Uh, I got. I got some Great options here. Scott. Uh, first option, the old college try. Wasn't that an actual title once? I th- I'm pretty sure. It, I'm pretty sure it was, but I also am not not above using kind I, of a hacky one. I think that was the episode where. I'm going to look this up. Uh, I think that's the episode where Tim goes back to teach. Oh God. Oh wait, is that, is that, Oh yeah, maybe it is. Which was last season. I'm going to, I'm going to take a look. Oh God. That. That, that's you, that's why it was in my head. Me. You should, you should deduct points from me. Um, okay. Okay. Next option. Yep. yep that's the one. Episode uh, 12, right. season seven, the old college try. Okay. 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 But I've, I've got another one. I got another one. All right. All right. You got to earn points now. 
Simon says. Go ahead. Simon says. I'm waiting. What does he say? Oh, come on, Landon. Simon says. <laughs> does that include the ellipses? Uh, yes, I think it does. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that, that was the pause. It was like the pause at the end of my synopsis. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll accept it. All right. Okay, cool. Um... And I'm I'm pausing for extra long here because I realized when we got to this segment that I actually forgotten to come up with titles ahead of time. So these are in fact completely <laughs> off the dome. I had everything. I spent so long perfecting my really clever synopsis that I forgot the other part of my job. <laughs> well, do you want a clue? Give me a clue. Okay, uh, this is gonna torment you. I realize, but um, I didn't realize when I was writing my intro, that I accidentally wrote the title into it. Uh, he got game? No. Mm. Kind of. Mm. Get in the game? No. You were closer on the last one. Uh, Brad got game? Uh, uh, you're... you're... I- Smoking hot. You're not there yet, but you, yeah. you should just give it to me. I forgot to even. I get. I forgot to even <laughs> you, guess. You titles. lose a lot of points this episode. Yeah, I know. I think Look, we're I bringing mean, you down to a net zero for the season, just oh, for this. God. Well, it, it, there's a whole lot of season left. Okay, there's it's 27 episodes. It's true. You get you get extra episodes to make up for it this year. Yeah, I I got game. I'm I'm kind of more of a fourth quarter title guesser. <laughs> Taylor got game. Mm, Taylor got game. You did say that in the intro. Yes. Aired okay. October 13th, 1998, directed once again by Jeffrey Nelson. And holy moly, guess what? What? We have a first-time writer. Well, I mean, it's, this isn't the first thing he's ever written, but it's the first episode he's ever written. Really? Uh, for Home Improvement. Yes, Mr. John Pollock. Uh, John Pollock, okay. Okay, welcome John Pollock to the family. Late in the game, uh, where you been? To, yeah, it looks like he came on as a producer this season, because uh, I see his name going all the way back to Whitewater. Adios, all the family, <laughs> Taylor Got Game, and others that I won't say, because I don't want to ruin the title game for you. Any more than I've already ruined it. <laughs> However, I am seeing a very precarious credit before Home Improvement. Uh, so this might not be his first writing credit. Yeah, He has two more writing credits before this. Mm-hmm. Two episodes of a little TV show called Soul Man. Oh, that hurts my soul. Uh, n- neither but, one is the one that we watched. I'm assuming. But 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> he went on from Home Improvement to write for TV shows like Spin City, mm. Just Shoot Me, Okay, Community, Oh, Perfect Couples, Oh shit, and Modern Family. Oh, what? Okay, okay. This guy's name one more time? John Pollock. He's more prolific as a producer, um, having done the entire final season of Home Improvement, gone on to do 71 episodes of Spin City, 24 episodes of Just Shoot Me, uh, 24 episodes of Joey. Uh, He did Andy Barker P.I. Oh, yeah, I watched that. uh, uh, 30 Rock, uh, 37 Uh, episodes, 13 episodes of Community. Um and all 104 episodes of Modern Family. So this dude's got oh TV God. cred. He's nominated he... for two primetime Emmys. Wow, we got Both we got someone family. like at the at just kind of the beginning of a meteoric rise. Yeah, seriously. Oh man, 
I'm just uh, I'm just here I'm just here trying to look for which uh, which community episodes he uh, he was on, or he was well, you know working on. <laughs> yeah, I mean not on, but like which ones working. Okay, season one. All right, all right, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, while you're you're doing that, can you also let us know how you felt about this episode? Uh you know this was I'm I'm surprised hearing about uh hearing about John Pollock's uh, filmography and kind of career because I wasn't super impressed with this episode i think it's like you know just sort of a mid-tier episode i guess i was i was more high on the last episode than this one um (laughs) you know i think i on some level i think it would be hilarious if over the course of season eight every character gets written off to go live in another country (laughs) until the last episode is just 22 minutes of a completely empty set everyone (laughs) is gone um i i don't know It, it just it the 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 episode it just conjures a rich guy who owns a soccer team out of nowhere to make kind of a completely ludicrous offer and then um yes. and and it resolves in a way and it resolves in a way that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me that we'll get into how did you feel about it landon i so a little completely uninteresting behind the scenes magic here uh when i create my show notes for each episode i basically mm-hmm. just copy the previous show notes and put them into a new document so that i have the structure and don't forget to do things like guess that title um, oh wow is that is, is there is there shade is there shade being thrown <laughs> i sense shade i have a hard uh, life land and i send emails for a living <laughs> i'm just kidding um the so uh when i got to the personal reflection section i just looked at the same thing I wrote last week, which is, I, I like this episode, but it's forgettable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Uh, You know, I, I might remember at some point that, oh, yeah, wasn't Brad, like, recruited for a soccer team at one point? But yeah. I'm not going to remember the details of it. I certainly, yeah. having seen this on, you know, uh, primetime TV when it first broadcast, uh, I remember exactly what I just said, that, Oh yeah, doesn't he like go away to college or uh, go somewhere to play soccer? No memory of an Englishman at all. <laughs> well, but rightfully so because the Englishman is only in two scenes and then kind of disappears despite being uh, like Wilson's eccentric British millionaire friend who owns <laughs> right. a, a football team and offered an 18-year-old American kid a spot on <laughs> like he can't find anyone better um it's 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 weird it feels just i don't know it it feels so out of the out of the ordinary i i don't know i guess they did just send a boy off to costa rica and they comment on that in the episode but it's uh i one thing i want to also just say before we get into the episode is like two weeks in a row no sign of mark at all and i'm not i'm not a fan of that maybe he's already living in another country (laughs) <laughs> it, it's yeah no it is it is that is also something that i've just noticed is that i i don't know i i kind of thought there that uh taron no smith would be or i'm sorry taron smith did you know that he's going by taron smith now i don't know if you saw what? that in the opening credits yeah i know <laughs> hold on to your butts everybody but he lost a middle name um yeah i i don't i don't know where where taron smith is or what he's up to i kind of thought he would be more involved in this last season but i guess we've still because he's not a goth anymore by the way when we've seen him he's not all gothed out uh, yeah as that that was a, a point of discussion on our our discord recently and uh and i don't know I'll, i came I up with it independently think, i still think that 
he still has like goth vapors. Like there, there's still a little <laughs> bit of brooding resentment there. Like he might not be dressed in black, but there's that like, yeah, I'm still listening to typo negative. Goth Vapors is the Darth Vader character in like a, a knockoff, you know, Brazilian Star Wars or something. Um, well, do we? I mean, are you are you ready to just just crack this one open? I mean, have we got? Yeah. Have you got more? Or unless you have more personal reflections? I'm no, sorry no. To let's uh, let's nope. Let's let's do a roulette into a a criff turn into an elastico. Dazzle them with a little hocus pocus. Sprinkle on some nutmeg. Distract them with a no. Uh, and Okocha, so that we can impress the audience with a Rabona, then relive. <laughs> I knew I knew I was going to do this. I, if you had a stroke, you'd tell me, right, Landon? <laughs> then Rivellino. Riv, Riv, okay, let me take that back. This is this is a man who watches a lot of sports. You can tell. <laughs> then Rivellino, Rivellino, Rivellino into a fake pullback, double cut. Ronaldo chop, double lunge, inside hook, and then take our shot on the deep dive. <laughs> You're gonna edit that to make me sound so flawless. I, I know it. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. No, that's gonna. I'm gonna go in there with a fine tooth comb. Um. So, so this this week, you know, last week we saw the grunt creep on his day off, or their day off, I should say. Pogo sticking around. Uh, now the grunt creep is on duty, being very helpful. He is. Uh, helping Brad, they are helping Brad with uh, his SAT prep, like pulling, uh, pulling books out and 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 handing them to Brad. So you know that's that's good. I appreciate that. <laughs> pulling books out of his VE and uh, handing it to to Brad. Um, yes. While we're we're stopping on the grunt creep real quick, but let's get to the synopsis of the scene. Uh, th- this might have been true before this moment, but I don't think I'd seen it so clearly is this that it, mm-hmm. it really caught my notes which is um when he pulls the book out and looks at it the the roof over the word home um kind of johnny fives and turns into eyebrows oh that's so it, oh, like I he looks at the book and just goes whoa and his eyebrows <laughs> go Broop. It go up and down like groucho marks and then he throws the book over his shoulder <laughs> Wow, he, he's he's evolving to have uh, have emotions before our very eyes. It's like watching it's a baby grow into a toddler. <laughs> oh, how the show has grown. Um, yes. What happens in uh, the scene? Uh, okay, but so Brad is uh, Brad is in the middle of doing some SAT test prep and uh, studying for the SATs, and uh, Tim comes home, tries to help him grade the uh, practice test he just did. Turns out he got a pretty bad score. Uh, and then Jill comes back and uh, both introduces them to the new couch. And then uh, when upon seeing uh, Brad's score on the practice test, tells him that, oh, that's going to be too low to get into UCLA, even with his incredible soccer skills. Um, and cool. I guess raises the concept that he won't be able to play soccer if he can't uh, if he can't, you know, get get solid grades. Are we going to talk for 20 minutes about how cringe Brad's dances? <laughs> it's I don't I don't want to because I recognize that he probably wasn't super excited to be dancing around on camera and being on national TV being a self-conscious teenage boy but yeah I was cringing pretty hard. He he is he is there's a crumpled up piece of paper on the floor and he's playing soccer with it and then he scores a, a goal and is dancing around doing World Cup victory dancing and just <laughs> 
I mean, if that if he was doing real World Cup victory dancing, he'd be sliding on his knees across the floor, pumping his arms until his veins popped out. But it, it, it's it's and what's it, just what's hard about it. And I'm not trying to go off on on a young actor, but it's more it's more just that he is not committed fully to doing an insane dance. He's kind of doing the more restrained. Not, so be, because he hasn't gone into it with total abandon, it somehow feels a little awkward to watch because, you know, he feels awkward doing it and then you're feeling awkward. And, you know, I I get it. I would have been the same if I were on camera at that age, having to uh, exuberantly dance as an 18-year-old boy. Yeah, it's basically how I will feel if I have to do a British accent at any point during this episode. <laughs> I, I will do my best to protect you from that. Thank you. Um, well, I, do, I mean, do, can we also talk for a couple hours about the new couch? Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, I mean... I like that they are having some sort of continuity. It, it kind of retroactively makes me look back at Whitewater and go, mm-hmm. that stupid-ass plot line <laughs> was just so that they can update the, the furniture in the show. <laughs> Which I kind of, I mean, like, a lot of this season has been dedicated to finding narrative reasons for staples of the show to leave. First it was Randy, <laughs> then it was the couch. <laughs> I it's mean, really, listen, I, if we're if we're going chronologically, the couch left first. Okay, yeah, you know, Randy as soon as as soon as the couch was gone, Rand uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like, I can't do this show anymore. The soul of it is gone. Um even though in the in the previous episode, uh, I'm pretty sure we got a lot of real close-up shots on yeah, on right. like Jill lying on the couch. So who who knows? Maybe the couch came back briefly before uh, getting put out to pasture. Um, yeah, uh, Jill is, what, super excited about this couch. She just wants to come home and lay on it and read on it and never leave it. Uh, I love her enthusiasm for it because I hate my couch, and mm-hmm. I would love to have a new one. I want I, I aspire to feel the way Jill <laughs> feels in this scene. You You want to know what couch love is. I do. You, you need to well. You need to spill some uh, spill some completely non alcoholic grape juice on your couch a, as it is, and, <laughs> and I think that's... clean it with a bottle of wine. I do have yeah. an open bottle of red wine. I can spill on it. Ooh, fancy. Um, I also I don't know. So I, I Brad's... don't think it is. I think it's the Snoop wine. So <laughs> uh, it ain't so... no fun unless the couch can have some. <laughs> <laughs> so. I uh, I also want to say Tim uh, Tim when he sits down with Brad and is helping him to like grade the the uh, PSAT test which requires yeah. um, you know a lot of uh, like he has to you know multiply it by something and divide it to get the final score. Uh, there's a whole bunch of bits where Tim doesn't realize that dividing makes the numbers get small. Like t- Tim just flat out does not know how to do long division, and that is one of the most relatable things I think about Tim as someone who is also quite bad at math. <laughs> Uh, agreed yes um i i will admit uh i might have even admitted this before i i never took the sats oh you how you you clever bastard how did you get into that's amazing i'm so proud of you i I envy you i feel like i just tell me if any of this tracks i took Mm -hmm. the act um Mm. i went into a community college Mm -hmm. then i went to a trade school and for like a film school, trade school, and then was able to transfer everything over to a university after that. Wow. You, so maybe you just kind of like, maybe you had such a big academic transcript at that point that it just kind of got lost in the mix. Nobody ever checked. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, do you need an SAT to get into a community college? You you don't need it to get into a community college. And I mean, maybe, I, I mean, I guess that the admission requirements to a university could say something like, well, if you've already got community college experience, then you don't need the SAT. It might just be for people who are entering higher education for the first time. I don't know. Yeah, well, but, uh, you know what? There's a, a life hack you can do out there, folks. Just add six years to your life, <laughs> and I, you can go to university without taking the SATs. Well, I don't, I don't know. As someone who took, I, who took the SAT one time and got uh, my my math score on the SATs is like Matt, Brad's math score is about four twenty. Uh, first, nice. Secondly, <laughs> um, when I when I heard that, I was like. Oh my God! Did Brad and I get the same math score on our SATs? Because it's you know each section You've been of the t- living under that cloud for ever, <laughs> ever since. I and and I do I do mean a cloud. Uh, I I don't know. I mean I just like it's um, to have gotten half of the. I'm just saying I got half the questions on the math section of my SAT wrong, and I still had a perfectly fine life. I got into college and I didn't even play soccer. Um, admittedly, I, <laughs> yeah. Brad is going to Brad is going to UCLA, or that's where he's trying to get into at least. Uh, go yeah. Bruins, I, I guess. Uh, and, which, which is, is a much where better I school my than college, I, I went say. to. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well, so they let you in with no SAT. But at that point, I had four years of university, two and a half years of community college, and a film school under my belt. I'm just saying that could that could be a workable path for Brad if he's just taking community <laughs> so college classes just, while he's off if you, playing. If you don't soccer. want to get up early on one Saturday morning, just add eight years to your life, and then you can get into USCLA. Uh, USCLA. That's again, that's everything <laughs> coming together. USC and UCLA, much to their chagrin, melding into one as the as the show concludes. Oh, true. Um, Okay, so, um, but yeah, so Brad, uh, Brad is, Brad's done bad on the test. Yeah, he has. The practice test. Um, and then, and then from that, it's opening credits. Um, I do have a note about the opening credits. I don't want to take too much time on it, but we have seen the title, the, the credit card for, um, the credit card, the, the, the the, the title card, the title, the title card is there. It's the, (laughs) JTT is no longer credited on the show, so he doesn't have yes. his turn to the camera, smile and wink sort of moment anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> that obviously leaves a void, n- not for transitions, <laughs> but maybe, maybe for transitions where mm. there's a void, <laughs> uh, they have filled it out with interspersing yes. this like strobe effect home improvement logo throughout <laughs> the entire title sequence. Yes, yes, I was I I was picking up on that today too. It's. It's the sort of thing only we would notice, but yeah, they're just trying to yeah fill out the <laughs> pad out the runtime without a, a look at JTT's face. I mean, I'm just upset that they didn't like extend the photo shoots of Heidi and L a little bit more. I want to see, I want to see more backdrops. Yeah, like the, just just flash us the full size picture of like Al doing the beefcake shoot in the woods, or like kissing <laughs> the uh, the the buzzsaw or something. Put that yes. uh, filling my entire screen for a few seconds apiece. I yeah. do I do like though that the, that they even before like most TV uh, theme songs only show the title of the show at the very end. But I guess like Home Improvement, I guess they're hitting you with it the whole time. Like, they are never. Yeah, it's always because the logo. I mean, from is the so grunt creep on. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, okay. Never mind. I guess there's no, there's nothing that I'm observing here that that we have not already observed a lot. It's just wait, wait, wait. I, wait. I just they found they found a way to pack even more of the words home improvement into home improvement, and that I think is is beautiful and innovative. 
I this led to a new thought. Okay. And I'm oh. glad that we went down this route. I love when this happens. You know when they do reruns? How, I've heard of it. Uh, when when you are in a situation as rare as it might be these days to watch it on TV, how mm-hmm. there's like a thing that comes up from the bottom of the screen that takes up half the screen that tells you what's going to be on next. Mm, yeah. And yeah. it's like the the cast like coming up and smiling and nodding and then it dips down. Okay. Kind of joshing and shoving each other around and acting yeah. playful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think the grunt creep has found a post-home improvement career popping up in those things, <laughs> letting people know that home improvement's going to be on next? <laughs> you know, that would be good. That's, that's how the grunt creep makes uh, all of his royalties is just from, uh, you know, showing up on, on uh, TBS <laughs> lower, you know, lower third Chiron to tell people what's up next. <laughs> After after this old episode of Mike and Molly, stay stay where you are. Stay tuned. And then the grunt creep pulls an episode of Home Improvement out of the VE from his stomach. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. I mean, that's that's why they give him the job. You want to you want to cast somebody who can store an entire TV episode inside his body. <laughs> All right, let's go to tool time. Um, man, we got some things to talk about. Uh, Heidi, man, starts us out. indeed. <laughs> Heidi starts us out doing some cheers. Uh, yes, run us oh, through cheers. what happens. Uh, yeah. Well, we the first thing we see and uh, talk about a scene that just punches you in the face is Heidi dressed <laughs> as a cheerleader and she's introducing the tool time salute to college. Tim and Al walk us through the man's dorm room, um, and that's that. That's that's what happens. <laughs> that's, that's I, I think we're gonna scene. have to break it down uh, <laughs> bit by bit here. Because yeah. It. I mean, this is exactly what we were afraid of. We knew they were going to do it. And based on how small this wound up being, I think this is just going to be one of many. I concur 100%. I would even say I agree. Agree. And agree. we are in agreement. Yeah, this there it is. is such a weak sauce man's fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's really nothing even in here that that's practical. I mean, yeah. it's all, well, it's 100%... <laughs> just gags well okay i mean there's nothing in here that's practical they've previously had one where a full-on butcher lives inside your refrigerator so practicality can't be the strike against (laughs) i mean listen we gotta get benny out of the hardware store and give him a job somewhere so yeah okay and i guess i yeah i I guess better that we put him on the deep freeze (laughs) uh but I mean, so, like, there's there's some sort of I don't know fantasy to what he's doing. Even if you know, it's it's not like anyone obviously is going to have a butcher in their their freezer. But there, you can see the the thought process behind the fantasy. This mm-hmm. is just there's no fantasy here. It's just how can we fit physical gags into a dorm room cheaply? How, how can <laughs> we cheaply? I mean, what, what can we do with- this almost does feel like the the closet from uh, um, what is it, Night at the Opera, where the mm. Marx Brothers are trying to fit, you know, thirty people into a tiny mop closet. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not their best. It's not their best man's blank. But in another way, that almost makes it their best man's blank because it is just well, generally the most restrained. I don't know. So okay. <laughs> Right, Take let's us go through. Give us give us a little tour of the dorm room. Okay, so this is the man's dorm room. It is a um, 
honestly fairly spacious looking dorm room with a with a uh, you know big ass '90s computer on a desk and uh, some dirty laundry strewn around and like one pinup picture of a girl on the wall. Otherwise, nothing to suggest any a girl. Truman, that is this. Heidi. I okay. Show some I was fucking respect. A woman, a a a classy lady, Heidi. Uh, I, I as soon as I said pinup, I was like, oh, every pinup on this show is Heidi. That of course. Um, but so they show you, you know, how, you know, oh, there's always so much dirty laundry. So we modified the desk with this trash compactor in it and they throw all the dirty laundry in and then they smooshes it down into a tiny little pellet. Uh, so it doesn't take up so much space. And, uh, I don't, I don't even get the joke. Like how is the, uh, how, how, <laughs> in, in the world that they're creating and <laughs> proposing with this thing, how would it ever clean? I mean, I think I think the joke is that dudes don't do laundry. They will just buy more underwear rather than oh, wash okay. it. So, so it's, because, it's not how do we do the laundry. It's how do we get rid of the laundry. Yes. I think that the joke is that it does not solve the problem of laundry. It merely uh, goes to great lengths to minimize it. But they don't even okay. sell that because... There's not that much laundry. There's like a couple pairs of briefs on top of the computer monitor and like a couple shirts on the bed, which they gather up. But it's not like messy enough even to create a convincing problem that needs to be solved by yeah. a trash compactor. Um, well, we, I don't know. It gets the point across. I don't want to watch them pick up underwear for two minutes, but I, I do, Landon. Comedy <laughs> has to be real. It has to be believable. And this is also a fetish for me. And it's totally OK. Um so so also then they're talking about, uh, you know, students got to stay up late preparing and, and studying for tests. And you want to make sure your little scholar can can do that. And I'm thinking, OK, so it's going to be a joke about coffee. Instead, they reach under the, the 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 bunk bed, the top bunk and pull out two oxygen masks. And it's an <laughs> oxygen bar. Is and this the I, second blue velvet reference they've made on this show? I, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I know that we were talking about blue velvet. I mean, what, well, wait, was there, even... there was uh, Wilson huffing oxygen or something in the <sighs> the Night to Dismember episode. Yes, the of course. Oh, you're playing. right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then, then, yeah, I think you're right. It is. It is our uh, our second uh, David Lynch call out. Um, <laughs> but so, but this just this joke to me, this must have just been a trendy thing in 1998 that was like getting talked about on Jay Leno and that was oxygen bars. Right? Like I, I do seem to have I mean, I was way too young for being anywhere near that culture, but I <laughs> the do oxygen seem, culture. <laughs> I do seem to recall somewhere in like the recesses of my brain, I feel like, you know, there was some sort of sleazy skinamax sort of movie where, you know, people were going to some sort of neon bar and huffing oxygen. <laughs> I I don't know. I that's I I guess I am rendered speechless. I I don't I even can, I I'm, I can sense. <laughs> I, I it was not where I expected it to go. I didn't think that oxygen would make you more awake, but um I, cool. I, I, think I it guess does. it gives you a high. I mean, that's why they 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 pump it on airplanes, I think. I guess I just well, okay, A, then why do I feel so shitty when I'm on an airplane? Uh they, if they overdose you, <laughs> it makes you sleepy. 
I, I, I get, I don't know, but I, then why can't I sleep on an airplane? I Maybe the reason that no one does oxygen bars anymore is because oxygen actually sucks. It's a shitty drug. Well, Just like more of the thing that you need to live is not the, a drug, I think. The the first hit when you type in oxygen, oxygen bars in uh, Google is a WebMD page. So <laughs> take that for what uh, you will. And and the second result is probably some kind of insufferable all natural uh, vegan uh, energy bar. Um, <laughs> so so then so that's um, and they do some joke about you know Al takes a deep breath of his mask and goes ah Seattle and Tim takes a breath and starts coughing and goes oh no Mexico City just, you know take take that Mexico City smog um, yeah. And I, I was think I was I was thinking when as soon as he started coughing I was like are we gonna get an L A joke no, um, <laughs> and and so then they have a three stage alarm clock to wake up your sleepy students so there's a normal yeah. alarm there is a klaxon and then there is a horrifying face that smashes through a malleable vinyl wall panel and screams get up, <laughs> which one hundred percent just Nightmare on Elm Street. I I really appreciate that was not what I was expecting as I was watching it I was like what's is the third one going to be like a big clown hammer that hits Tim in the crotch like what's it going to be I wasn't I, expecting I thought it was, that now this is I feel like a Truman in this moment because oh I was expecting something that would never happen on this show <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> I was I knew that there was the way that the beds were constructed that there one of them was going to have a trap door and i thought are they going to like for the third alarm clock just like pull the lever on this bed that tim is sleeping on and have him fall like that <laughs> but the the math in that didn't make sense in my head like i at least knew that at question on the sat <laughs> star of the show would not put himself in a position to be made a fool of in that way what to just be to be catapulted out of bed, Wallace and Gromit style? I, I don't know. Unless I it think... was a mistake. I mean, unless it was like you know a comeuppance mm-hmm. of a more power thing that he's doing, he wouldn't yeah. just subject himself to a gag for the sake of Fair. a gag. Yes, right? that's that's true. That's true. He. It's one thing to be uh, nonplussed by a face bursting through a wall and screaming <laughs> at you. It's another thing to be kicked out of bed and sprawled onto the floor. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, all of that to say, it surprised me, too, to see the, the face coming out of the wall. And I also, yeah. I, I'm not 100% certain, but it might have been Benny. I'm not, I'm not oh, sure. Oh, no. That's, okay, now that's some real Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. <laughs> Benny is stalking us. He's he's found a way to escape from the hardware store. <laughs> I might just be pulling from seeing his face press against the window in the, the man's kitchen, but. Um... He's, he's, just, he's just backstage on Tool Time eating all the donuts and then pressing his face into that thing. That's how he makes exactly. a buck. Yep. Um, and uh, so then, and so at this point, I'm thinking like, okay, this has been this has been not gross or weird. I wonder when it's going to get gross and weird. And so then Tim suggests that for when you want to spend some study time with the captain of the cheerleading team, without your nerdy flannel wearing roommate bothering you, and he pushes a button, and the bunk bed sinks down, trapping Al underneath the bed and then Heidi and her cheerleader outfit comes over and sits on the bed with Tim and it's just a just a little bit I mean they don't do anything it's not like he puts his arm around her even but it's just just a little bit I think just the implication with with me knowing Heidi and Tim and everything makes me feel a a wee bit gross (laughs) yeah it was I don't know I mean as you said it it ended up pretty harmless but uh except for Al who's entombed beneath a bed now yeah 
Well, I mean, that happened to him on the, the when they had the interview set as well. So, I mean, it's not there's no there's a precedent for it. People getting trapped in small enclosed spaces is a recurring theme on this show. Of course, Sir Larry starts the trend. It's happened to Al two or three times now. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> something I, I, I'm not a fan of. Just, maybe uh, Tim falling into the outhouse there. counts. I, I, yeah. Um, either way, it's you know one more one more uh, addition to the carnival of horrors. Yeah, um, uh, there's more to be said about it, but let's keep things moving. Uh, yeah, so, you know, other than that, um, Al's wearing a University of Washington sweatshirt. Tim's wearing a, uh, 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 a Western Michigan sweatshirt. Before people start writing in, I guess we should just acknowledge the trivia here that they're both wearing the sweatshirts of the college that they graduated from. Yeah, well, there it is. University of Washington, Huck the Fuskies, etc. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I'm sorry, I just got to get, uh, I, even though I don't really watch sports, I have to get some Pacific Northwest college sports rivalries in here just a bit. That's the that's what I get in exchange for my degree. Um, right on. So um, from that, we, you know, and that's that's that. If you if you thought that maybe there were plot points in this episode that would be covered, no, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> we go that, to the next the scene, we get a pom-pom transition from Heidi's mm-hmm. pom-poms into the backyard where yes. um, I think uh, Brad Brad's doing a little practicing and Tim's out there. Yes, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tim and Brad wind up playing some soccer together, and then they start chatting with Wilson, who's out back, uh, along with his friend, one of his old students from when he taught at Oxford, Simon Downey Chubb, who is the owner of a software company and a philanthropist and a fan of old cars and also a big soccer fan who owns his own uh, English soccer club. Okay, so I have to ask you, you know, we, we talked about the the episode Adios where the transfer on that wasn't crystal clear. The, yes. the image quality was not super fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that way about parts of this episode uh, to the point where I, for the first like 30 seconds that Simon was introduced, I'm like, is Ted Danson <laughs> doing a I- cameo? On this, I, as an English person, I at, when the first time I saw him at a distance, his hairline and jawline, yes, exactly like Ted Danson. And I thought, wait, am I gonna die right now? Am I going? Am I, is this the last thing that I see before I ascend into heaven? Ted Danson on a Home Improvement episode. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I can't even imagine a world where that would happen. It, it if it had happened, we would know about it. You would not be able to keep that secret. People would have texted us about it, knowing how much I love Cheers. Seriously, uh, seven seasons and no one has said a word yet. I I know, I know that would be that would be a, a next level thing. It, it's look above ground swimming pool. Ted Danson, I think <laughs> that's that's the theme of this season. It just every, everything is everything is an above ground swimming pool. Ever since um, we watched the County Line movies, um, I, until until I can come up with a better version of Dollar Store Blank. Uh, yes, go go on. Who who is uh, who is Simon Downey Chubb played by? Oh, I uh, we are so in sync. After seven seasons, you knew exactly where I was going to go. We are entering character actor corner. Everything um, coming together, Evangelion. Yes, Simon. You're never going to believe this, Truman. It's played mm-hmm. by an actor by the name that of Simon. <laughs> Simon Templeman. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, he looks like he is mostly uh, a voice actor. He has mm-hmm. done a lot of video games. <clears throat> Ooh. Uh, 
one of them being Dragon Age, uh, mm. Blood Omen. Okay. Blood Omen series. Um, mm, mm-hmm. Looks like there's a bunch of those. He, he's playing Kane. Seems to be his his big claim to fame. Um, most recently <laughs> on an claim. episode. Yeah. Most recently on an episode of uh, the Orville. Hmm. But goes all the way back 120 credits to a TV miniseries. 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 <laughs> miniseries. TV miniseries. Is that is that is that Sheriff Tom Wopat from the County Line movies here to talk to us about herbal bourbon? Like drinking herbal bourbon, watch miniseries, feed my pigs. Uh, where he was in uh, the Talisman uh, with Anthony. Is that Anthony Perkins or no? That's Anthony Perkins. I, my God, I was thinking Anthony Hopkins. Mm. It's not to either of them. Both great <laughs> so, actors. Perkins, Hopkins, you know, both uh, both iconic characters in horror movies. It looks like a lot of his early stuff was BBC things. Uh no surprise considering he is from Sussex, England. Wow. Oh, so so they didn't they didn't just get some Michigan area actor stand-up comic who was friends with Tim Allen back in the day and put on a British accent. They got a locally sourced Englishman. I'm not gonna lie, there were moments where I'm like, is this guy really from England? <laughs> <laughs> um okay what else has he been in looks like once he got to america uh home improvement oh james bond jr the the animated tv series uh oh man we Talk did an episode of tailspin um oh. yeah so doing voices really early on he was on an episode of melrose place it looks like uh mad uh, about you but northern uh, exposure so yeah do you have some questions for me here and my pd blue yes or no he was on an episode of NYPD Blue. He was on ER. He was on an episode of ER in 2007, I, an episode he, called I, Coming Home. Play folks, I, 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 I'm going to tell you already, I edited that pause down because I try not to have too much dead air in the episodes, but Landon paused for a really long time to leave me hanging, and it was brutal. <laughs> I, and it wasn't intended. I just forgot to look to see if he was on ER, and so I was scrolling through his credits. So, so it's actually kind of easy to forget one of the things you're supposed to do on the podcast, so maybe we shouldn't throw shade if someone does or does not remember to come up with fake titles. Just saying. Just saying. Not talking about any specific things that happened today. <laughs> maybe so. Um, okay, so let's get into the, the crux of what Simon's all about. Uh, why does well, he why does he have a soccer team by the name of his last name for one thing? I guess his his team the Chubs, the I don't remember what town they're from, but they're the Chubs and and I I don't and know. It I've is heard... the fish. It's 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 not the uh charming character from Happy Gilmore. I, I, yeah, listen, I've I've heard I've heard Chubb uh used as as uh uh shorthand for an erection so that's what i was thinking about this whole episode every time they talked about chubs or a man whose last name is chub um just just you know wilson's on his side of the fence with a big chub and no one can see all of him at least um so so he is yeah he's a software developer and then he also is explaining to tim that he uh, is involved in a company that reduces poverty and promotes world peace so he's kind of like a Bill Gates meets meets Richard Branson type, uh, I guess. Um, I guess with a, with a splash of Bono. Uh, Bono's Irish. I, I, same thing. It's all you know. It's all it's all cold islands. I'm 
Not touching that with a ten foot pole. What what was Wilson doing? I, I forget. He's out here smoking something again. Like they they keep giving him uh, things to do in this this smoker of his. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to remember now. Too. Oh, he's smoking like he's- bangers. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so he's he's grilling a sausage for his chub. Um, Which I I'm shocked. Now now it's all coming back to me. While watching this episode, I thought surely Truman is gonna use the bangers and mash, uh, title for his guess that title game. I prob I probably I probably would have in the in the better world where I keep track of all of my responsibilities before podcasting. Um, <laughs> I, I probably would have called it something like the soccer mash or something in, in a half-hearted mm. attempt at a monster mash uh, well, play. Well, we talk about the fact that he so willingly calls soccer soccer and not football? Yeah. I've never yeah. heard an English person do that. I, I that He calls it soccer when he is, A, wealthy enough that he doesn't really have to answer to anyone and is not used to compromise, and B, when he owns a football club. <laughs> like, he is... Right. I that's that's a huge level of deference to uh, American culture that I am not used to seeing. Yeah. Also, I don't know why he just I, like you could have given him anything uh, to to busy himself in the scene. They just gave him the loudest glass of diet coke with ice. <laughs> to yeah, it's, walk it's, around holding. I maybe that's also why we thought it was Ted Dance. And you see a guy with like a well, I guess he was never <laughs> drinking like a dark beverage, but it's like he's got a bar glass. Oh, my goodness. And I'm just saying all of these weird things because ultimately Simon has no personality. Like, this is a ghost of a character. (laughs) It's really something like he is the least charismatic uh, British football club owner, philanthropist, software tycoon ever to exist and i i really wanted like the the moment in wayne's world 2 where (laughs) he's on the way to the wedding and he stops at that gas station to get directions and uh the guy's stumbling over his lines and he breaks the fourth wall and just i know this this is a thankless part but can we get someone better in here (laughs) they bring charlton heston in to really give (laughs) give it some gravitas i'm like can we just like stop the episode for a moment and like just recast this character as someone who's going to be memorable. Like, can we get Martin Sheen in here? <laughs> or yeah, Michael or, Sheen for that matter? Yeah. He's British. Yeah. Or, or any, any one of any, one any of the, of the characters from the crown. Yeah. Just, just take even any Charlie. Sheen. <laughs> I will you know take what? Michael Sheen's father, who is a Jack Nicholson impersonator. Well, uh, would you, would you take, would you even take an Estevez? We've got uh, Joe. We've got Amelia. As long as it's Joe, it can only be Joe. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he has it, to be dressed in his soul taker. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, you know you know the way to my heart with these sh- with these Estevez bits. Um, uh, y- yes, it's it, the only thing I can say in favor of of Simon Downey Chubb being just uh d- just like a a personification of just a line written on a page, just like a a machine designed to deliver basic plot lines. Uh, or dialogue lines is that it him having no charisma or no character almost makes it more plausible that he should just be someone who Wilson has never mentioned before and who we will and who no one will comment on when he doesn't show up. Like if if this he's, was a really he's, he's going to be the Willow of the season. Yeah, well, you yes, remember Willow? Exactly. Willow I, Willow is a recurring character un, until she wasn't. Uh, yeah, I, I mean he has less. 
character than Willow to the point that, you know, he is in this scene and he is in a scene in the garage and then he is gone, baby. We never (laughs) hear another thing about Simon Downey Chubb. And I didn't really realize that until like three hours after I watched the episode because he makes so little impression that you kind of forget he was even in it and and that Brad just got into trouble with this football club all on his own. Well, it's the next scene that they go into the garage, and we get there by way of a uh, – because in the scene, they're talking about the Austin Healy, and um, I forgot his name. Simon says that he has one. Tim <laughs> says that he has one, and he's like, oh, you should come see it sometime, I guess. And you know, they make some joke about a radio, and we get a radio transition to the next scene. Yeah, well, and they also they also make plans to uh, go and watch one of Brad's upcoming soccer games, and then afterwards they'll work on the Healy together. There's yeah, so many jokes about uh, English automotive design and engineering in this, and I'm assuming that like oxygen bars, bad English automaking was just a bigger punchline in the late '90s <laughs> than it is now. Uh, I seem to remember it being German, but you know, I guess I'm not really keyed into the. The automotive joke game, so what do I know? I thought German engineering was... I thought German engineered cars were supposed to be great. I mean, maybe... maybe yeah, you but growing you can't up find in, the parts for them. That's the thing. Uh, well, like, you also grew up in, in the seat of the American auto industry, so I'm sure that you were cultured and socialized to, you know, uh, <laughs> be wary of all foreign-made automobiles. Yeah. Um, uh, so coming back from commercial, we are uh, with back in the living room, and uh, Tim and Simon are coming home from uh, Brad's uh, soccer game, and they tell Brad what a great job that he did, and he sits down to start studying for the SAT. And then Tim and Simon head out to the garage. They work on the Healy together, and uh, Simon mentions that uh, Brad is such an incredible soccer player that he uh, could play pro soccer in England. And then Tim goes out and says this to Brad, and then does an extended series of British accent jokes. Um, And that's your scene. I don't even know that they're British accent jokes more than they are James Bond jokes, but, you know. But they're not not even... Semantics here. They're not even really James Bond jokes so much as it's just him saying, like, the names of characters from the movie Goldfinger. Like, he's he's like, Bond, James Bond, pussy, pussy galore, no Goldfinger. Like, you're just... they're, They're not even things that james bond says i mean like he says the words pussy galore bond james bond and goldfinger but he doesn't <laughs> it they do it does feel like an ad-libbed moment because he he starts out by going james bond bond james bond like he doesn't even get the joke right the first time and just keeps yeah. going with it yeah um <laughs> and like in the previous scene also tim was doing fake british accent bits directly to Simon's face and that's a really rude way to behave even to someone who is not a a person or character at all like well don't... true but this is coming from the person who said L husky Borland and then you know pawed at his stomach uh where but... there was a husky logo for about four minutes I mean yes okay fair the, I I don't know what I'm looking for here what what sort of decency I'm expecting um and he's doing yeah. all these accents while Simon is still in the garage. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Ridiculous I, to me. Uh and, and when he and like could you know, could it, you could you imagine if <laughs> I don't know, it, you, you are in another country, you're mm-hmm. visiting someone and uh you walk into their garage and you're working on something with them and say you just the, the other person left the room and you happen to walk into that room, you know, five <laughs> minutes later, 
and they're doing American accents at each other. <laughs> oh, what up, dudes? I'm going to go work on a car and eat a burger, man. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you that, Truman. Yeah, that would be... <laughs> like, that... it's such... I don't know. There's something very audacious about that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get all I can assume is just either that A, that Simon is used to it, or B, that that Wilson prepared him for this ahead of time, told him what Tim was like. I I mean, also, I let's just visit briefly on the fact that uh, so Simon, presumably quite wealthy, if you own a football club, you are a like first class private jet level of rich that it's like he has decided to just go to uh royal oak michigan and chill in his in his old teacher wilson's backyard like it's it's weird for him to <laughs> be a in lot of questions about that but yeah I, and also i i don't know, I, I just how many times have we seen tim hang out with a person because they're working on a car together like that seems to it, be it, the it doesn't only... make any sense to me like the 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 point you're making here i mean really is driven home of like this dude has so much wealth but they're playing like he walks in with a rugby shirt on and khakis yeah, yeah. And, like not even tucked in like he just looks like someone brad dragged home from the sports goods store yeah yeah <laughs> he if if there were an episode at Harry's Hardware where all the guys are hanging out and this guy is with them and everything else is the same, he's got the British accent and no one was saying anything about it, I would just assume like, okay, I guess he's some British guy who lives in the neighborhood <laughs> and like works at a, you know, works at a hat shop or something. I don't know. Yeah, but there, there was something that rubbed me kind of the wrong way about this not his character necessarily but just the the given fact that any guy somewhat around tim's age is gonna have an interest in looking at his fucking car it's it's just yeah and that and that also that just also oh well he's a guy so he knows how to work on a car like oh and he's a british guy so he inherently knows how to fix british cars (laughs) yeah i it's I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess maybe there's a cultural thing to be said about it. And I mean, you know, Landon, you and I did meet in a group of people who would routinely get together at friends parties to talk about like movies and uh, TV well, shows that we I liked. Guess so. I, I, I mean, wouldn't I wouldn't expect coming here to Wisconsin that I'm going to go to a party and that anyone I talk to is going to want to talk at that level about movies and TV. <laughs> like, that's what Tim's doing here. It's just like any person he encounters has the same level of interest and depth of knowledge about cars as he does. <laughs> yeah, you go to you're just going up to people at, at uh, every party and going, hey, you want to talk about tar? Come on, let's go out back and talk about tar for a while. <laughs> I watched this Mizuguchi movie last night. You're not gonna believe. Uh, you, you meet a you meet a, an Italian guy, and all you're doing is just making Fellini jokes at him, and uh, you know, or like you know, you're you're yelling to him from across the party, and you're walking around in the back of chairs. Hey, look, Roberto Benigni. You get it? You get this shit? <laughs> um, yeah, they're working on cars. They're uh, then they're also the 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 furthest extent that Simon has any character is just sh- sniping back at Tim about about ink. English automaking versus American automaking. So it's just, it's a wisp of an idea of a thought of a character anchored by his ability to say lightly snarky things about uh, the American auto industry. It's, uh, it's something. It, it is, it is something. <laughs> Actually, um, no, it's not. It's the epitome of nothing. Yeah. Okay. Look, here, uh, away from the nothing, I was okay. frightened with all of Tim's jokes 
that we were going to hit the singularity that I was worried about last season and have Tim be doing an Austin Powers impression and Austin Powers oh, we came, jokes. That's right. Yeah, we came perilously close here. I mean, we were, yeah, we were we were really edging, uh, and, and James Bond was as close as we got, and I hope we never go further. Um, <laughs> but what what is cool, that though, said, I would take Austin Powers over another Sammy Davis Jr. any he, day of the week. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I know we, we talked about this when we did the For Richer or Poorer <laughs> episode, but I, I just want to mention that he he does the Sammy Davis Jr. impression in that movie, <laughs> and, and, and it still haunts me. That is the thing I remember most from that movie, is Tim Allen briefly doing a Sammy Davis Jr. impression and just me having to grapple with what... What is it about Sammy Davis Jr. that got into your head? Why, like, why, how did he, Because it's, 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 it's an impression that people that can't do impressions can do. Yeah, well, okay, and again, we're in no position to be casting aspersions about people's impression abilities. (laughs) Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so do, do you have any other impressions from this scene? There's, this, this, th- you're you're assuming I had one impression from this scene. I had no impressions from this scene. <laughs> well, okay, look, I did notice that the transition out of it is like a riff on a James Bond like opening title sequence because there's yeah. like a power drill that comes into frame held by like a sexy lady or something. So that's kind of cool. yeah, and then it turns into a silhouette, and then you know, kind of transitions us to the next scene. Yeah. Which is uh, Brad getting home from, ah, fuck if I know where anybody goes on this show, but he gets home and he tells uh, Jill that he's not going to take the SATs because he's not going to go to uh, college. He has signed on with Simon to go play pro soccer in England, and uh, and she then hears that uh, Tim apparently encouraged Brad to do this, and she's upset at Brad, she's upset at Tim, she's not happy. Yeah, uh, that actually takes us through two scenes, because that goes through a commercial break where um, much of a salad transitions us to the void. But, um, so, I like to do a twofer. Yeah, because uh, it, it, it is the same scene with just a commercial break in the middle of it. They're in the same yeah. location. We had a, we. it's what I call an uh-oh break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, t- Tim walks in and sees uh, Jill being mad at him and makes a comment about it, and that's our that's how you go to a Lexus ad or something. <laughs> um, I do like uh, we start the scene with Jill like feet up, you know, on the back of the couch, like really mm-hmm. enjoying the couch. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, at least she's you know uh, leaning into to that new character trait. Yes, her character trait of liking couches, something that we did <laughs> this not previously... specific couch. I mean, what does Jill like? Opera, couches, library fundraisers. It's the big three. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue about any of those. Yeah, no, you, you can't. We have the evidence in front of us. Um, <laughs> so she complains to Tim that, uh, you know, when I went to work this morning, I had a son who wanted to go to college. Now I've got a chub. And I just, boy, dude, but I, mm, that's funny to me. Um... <laughs> But what's weird about this is that the whole gist of their argument is, you know, I when I first hear, okay, Brad is signed on to go play soccer in England, oh, okay, well, I guess there was some conversation between Tim and Simon and Brad that resulted in this happening, but no, all, all that's happened, like, this is all in one day, Tim has yeah. come out in the previous scene, told Brad, hey, Simon says you're a really great player, that you're good enough to play soccer in England. And then he goes back in the garage. And I guess Brad has independently sought out Simon, said to him, (laughs) hey, my dad said that you said to him that I'm good enough to play soccer in England. Have you seen me play one time? (laughs) Yes. Do you want 
can I play soccer for against, your team? against non-professionals? Mind yes. You. Yeah. To see me play in a high school soccer game. Uh, <laughs> and Simon says yes and makes him an offer to go play for the Birmingham Chubs. And that and Simon at no point in this process, a grown man at no point does he like go to the boy's parents and say, hey, I'm I've I've made a big life-changing job offer to your son that would entail him moving to another country. Maybe. Wilson mentioned that already happened with another kid. Maybe that's why we don't see him again. He knows what he did. So he just yeah. hopped right back on his jet and went back to England. Yeah, it turns out there's some warrants out for his arrest in the U.S., so he needs to move. Um, <laughs> He's not actually British. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't actually own a team. He is on the run from the law. Uh, I mean, look, that's it's a hell it's a hell of a racket, and it explains why he doesn't have more visible trappings of wealth. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, it's so it's just strange that then then the whole thing is well, Tim, you know, oh, why would you, Tim? You screwed up. You told Randy that that uh, Simon wanted you to play soccer for him, but it's like, well, I don't really feel like Tim fucked up because that's a completely. Like if I were Tim and I and this guy who I was talking to who owns a football team says, "Hey, your son is a great soccer player. He could play pro soccer." I would go tell my son that because I want my son to feel good about himself and yeah. I'm proud of him and want to share that with him. The and then and I would do that because I would be confident that I live in a world where then of, of this weird millionaire would like make some side deal with my son to take him to England <laughs> to play soccer without telling right. me. And and not assume that your son is going to go run out and ask him to be on the team. Like, th there's a, a number of leaps in logic here that just, I don't know, uh, exist because the writers needed to get us through this episode. But, like, yeah, it, it does at a certain point through all those machinations kind of, like, not have the greatest, uh, I don't know, juice for Jill's argument here. <laughs> Where it's like, she, you could see, like, why she would be mad at Tim. But... What Tim did wasn't actually, I don't know, he did, as you're saying, didn't actually do anything really bad here. It wasn't like Tim said, he's offering you a, a position on his team and you should consider it. He's just like, this dude who owns a team thinks you're really good. Yeah, yeah, like, the, it. it's not, like, Tim didn't know this would happen. Tim didn't want this to happen. This is not a situation that Tim orchestrated in any way, and it's... It's it's funny. I don't know why they didn't just write it with, you know, with them all three having the conversation and Tim encouraging Brad to do it or something like that. Yeah. I mean, this this as we we went through already, you know, being an early episode of the uh, this guy's career, I think that maybe because I, I do think there's a seed of a really interesting conflict here. Uh, yes. A, a few minutes later where. She says to Tim, you know, or I think it was Brad that asked, Brad, you know, yeah. if you didn't have to go through college and got offered tool time right away, would you do it? And Tim hesitates. Yeah. And Jill's like, why, why the fuck would you do that? Like, if they had moved that up to, you know, the first part of the episode and had them break that part down and Tim, like, actually considering, like, yeah, no, I would have. And, like, taking a stance on the other side to then come back around to oh yeah you're right that's that's stupid <laughs> uh I, of course you should go to college then that would be a much more interesting episode to me I, 
I no, I agree. We're in agreement. I thought the same thing. When Brad asks that question, you know, would you would you just have taken the opportunity to go straight to tool time? And when Tim stammers and trips over himself and doesn't have a response, and then when Jill is mad at him for it and he says, Look, I I didn't want to lie to my son. I didn't want to give him an untrue answer. I was like, whoa, this is really actually interesting. This is interesting character stuff. And this is a dispute where I completely see Jill's side of it. Yeah, your yeah. kid shouldn't do this. But then Tim makes a good point too. I wouldn't want to lie to my son. I wouldn't want to tell him to do something I wouldn't do myself. That seems dishonorable. Like that's a cool conflict that gets kind of hinted at. Yeah, um, yes. I, I also want to point out here that that Randy, that, oh, God, Randy's gone. Why did I do this? Why did I write in my notes, Randy? <laughs> oh, um, no, that's even worse. Well, okay, in this scene, it, I think I wrote Randy because immediately, at one point in the scene, when Tim and Jill have told Brad he can't go to England, he says, you let Randy go to Costa Rica, and Tim goes, that's totally different. He's still in school. It's an educational program, so that, I guess, explains we were questioning under what circumstances Randy got shipped <laughs> off to the jungle, and now we have some more detail. <laughs> yeah. But after that, Brad is talking. This episode's to them. doing nothing but retroactively making sense of the rest of the episodes we've seen. Uh, y- yes, exactly. Just y- every every so often, <laughs> you need to kind of just uh, touch base on everything and make sure that people are up to speed on the complex uh, universe of home improvement. But Brad says that Simon has promised him a salary of ten thousand pounds a year, and I I haven't checked this. It would require me opening a lot of different browser tabs and googling things. But I feel like even with inflation since 1998 and even with the different exchange rates between the pound and the dollar, that's a ludicrously low salary. That is not that <laughs> well, is not a, much it's, money. It's football. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. Nope. That actually might be a huge salary over nope. in England. Well, okay, no. Well, I mean, it's it's. I mean, soccer is. I mean, it's soccer, football, whatever. It's it's massive, massive, massive. Like yeah. So I mean, they. they but he is people, a rookie. Yeah, he's a rookie, but if he's playing for, I don't know. I mean, like, what's what? Uh, we don't know. We don't know that this is a good team. It's just a team that's owned by a rich person. So you know, he, they might not have the, the the money to back salaries. Who knows? Uh, let's let's just see. Like, I'm doing I'm doing an inflation calculator right now. Ten thousand pounds in 1998 is worth twenty thousand pounds today. So that basically doubles. So let's uh, and then. And I know that this is different after Brexit and everything, but uh, pounds to okay, okay. That would be he would. They're offering him in today's money. Uh, Simon, this this millionaire football team owner, is offering Brad the equivalent of twenty four thousand seven hundred dollars a year to go play pro in football 2022 in twenty twenty two money. In twenty twenty two money, like in it in isn't... our current. Isn't London one of the most expensive rent places in the world? London is one of the most famously expensive places places in the world. Everything there costs, just every every goddamn thing that, that nothing is free and everything has a price and that price is always higher than it should be. (laughs) This, this is, I I now have even more questions about Simon. Like what is, what kind of child slavery shit is he trying to pull? (laughs) Uh, well, I mean, you might be onto something there. I, I, maybe, yeah, maybe that's why he uh, keeps such a low profile and doesn't distinguish himself because he's, he's a wanted man. Um, <laughs> well, so anyway, th- the point is all, all this fun, uh, inflation and conversion, uh, stuff aside, 
that that Brad is pissed at Tim and Jill, and Jill is mad at Tim and wants him to talk some sense into the boy. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything. We I, I've made all my notes about this particular scene. Tim, yeah, goes outside to. We get two. This is how unaffecting I don't know the writing is of this is that. We have two Wilson scenes, and I forgot that Wilson is in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. This one really is the episode we're going to forget. We're going to remember last week with the horniness and the feet, and we're going to forget this week with the characters who fade before our very eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes, yeah. Tim goes outside. What is, what, what's the gist of what Wilson says here? Uh, you know, he talks to Wilson, who is practicing his cricket pitching, and uh, tells... <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, tells tells Wilson about his troubles and how he doesn't want to lie to Brad and tell him to do something he wouldn't do himself. And Wilson asks Tim what he would have missed if he hadn't gone to college. And Tim, this prompts Tim to reconsider and think about all the friends he made in college and good times that he had. And then decides, yeah, he should tell Brad to go to college. Um, so there's an <laughs> elephant in this room, Landon. Do you want to mention it? Do I want to mention it? Uh, is it that Wilson clearly doesn't have enough room to properly throw a cricket ball? (laughs) And he looks almost as cringe as Brad dancing at the beginning of the episode? He looks, like, I got really anxious that that cricket ball that he threw was going to shatter one of the windows on his back door. (laughs) And I'm like, why are you pitching directly towards your glass back door, Wilson? What, are you looking for an excuse to fix something? This is madness. This is the most eccentric thing I've ever seen you do. But that's not the elephant that I was seeing. The elephant I'm seeing is that Tim is reflecting and talking about all the great, you know, things that happened to him in college. He doesn't mention the fact that he met his wife, Jill, in college. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, the the turning point in this scene is going to be Tim realizing he met Jill in college and how even though he didn't want to be there, it led to all this other great stuff. It, no, sales passed it. He never touches maybe, on it. When he's talking to Jill about it later. She never mentions it. Maybe, maybe, uh, just the benefit of the doubt here, maybe he's so thinking of Brad that he doesn't it doesn't occur to him because brad is still dating samantha the college girl oh yeah you're right he says he's gonna go tell samantha yeah i also weird that samantha never really factors into the whole hey i'm gonna move overseas uh thing (laughs) not not even not even mentioned um like he 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 has to run and tell samantha when he gets his sat scores in like two scenes but he he does not have to tell her when he is uh going to move to birmingham or whatever um (laughs) We also find, like, Wilson also relates his own experience that before he went to Oxford, he had a choice between going to college or going pro as a mime. And, well, I mean, what so do you it's mean? just, what I mean is that, A, listen, we know that Wilson is Canadian, or at least grew up, spent time in Canada, so. Yeah, he also spent time in Greece and Africa, so. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I'm just trying to think of where it was most likely that he would have picked up miming, but I, I guess we can never really be sure. I don't know. I mean, I've met mimes from Michigan, so. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a vocal warm-up. Met mimes from Michigan. Met mimes from Michigan. I'm going to start saying that before we record. Do uh, do we have anything else from this weird scene? No. No, nothing at oh. all. Uh, Wilson's wearing a, a sweater vest that looks like it's right out of Billy Madison. <laughs> And, and, you know, and when he's pitching the cricket ball, he says to Tim, I'm having trouble controlling my googly. And uh, Tim says, maybe you should switch to briefs, which might be the funniest line in the episode. (laughs) 
from that, we are uh, we go to Brad's bedroom where he's lying on his back on the floor listening to royalty free speed metal. And, oh my uh, god! <laughs> it's it was a whole lot of things. Uh, it Tim was. comes in and they chat about why uh, Brad should go to college. Tim basically tells him education is important. You should go to college. I don't want to miss out on this chance. Brad kind of relates that he's scared that he will flunk out of school because he's not smart enough. But Tim tells him, no, you shouldn't be scared of that. Face your fears. Go to college. And Brad agrees to go to college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty like lackluster <laughs> conflict resolution here. Yes, it is. I think what's I, I've been thinking about this episode. And when I realized that we only see Simon twice is when I was reflecting on this scene and like, it just doesn't make sense. It's not believable that an 18-year-old boy offered the chance to go be a pro football player in another country, especially right after his uh, brother has gone off on an adventure to another country. It it does not make sense that just his dad sitting him down and saying, oh, you should go to school. It'll be, it's really important to do it, more so than doing this fun thing that you want to do that I can't promise you I wouldn't have done. Like, that doesn't make sense that... that 18-year-old boy would just listen to that and make the responsible choice. <laughs> what makes more sense, like, what would be more compelling is if Brad tells his parents to fuck off and goes with Simon, and then Simon does something that makes it clear to Brad, oh, wait, this guy's a dick. He lives a really empty, hollow life, or, like, he... what, like something... or, or Simon gets a, you know, turn of heart and goes, you don't have your parents' blessing. I can't, I clearly can't take you. You're a minor, so I'm gonna take you back home. Yeah, like, like, that... Th- Anything, at least, anything that would make more sense than just Brad simply having it explained to him right by his parents. That's such a fanciful idea that what a te- what teenagers just really need is for their parents to very clearly explain why the thing they want to do is irresponsible, and then they won't do it. Like, if, if Brad sees Simon being a dick and realizes, I don't want to go with this guy, then that is... <laughs> that's growth for brad and that is brad making a decision and then it's a cool brad story this makes it just into a story about how parenting is just as simple as very clearly explaining why school is important to your kids (laughs) yeah isn't that how it works i i I mean i don't know that's what i'm led to believe fuck it maybe we should have some kids not not like (laughs) not like us together but both of us in our own lives i mean if it's this easy (laughs) i mean speak for yourself you're not gonna make me do anything I so listen. I don't have many notes for this scene because I, uh, Brad's room is just one of the sets in this show that like I can't focus on any narrative while looking at the entire set direction. Every choice that they make for how to populate a teenage boy's bedroom is just fascinating to me mm-hmm. from top to bottom, uh, and it. it all circles around to the music that they start this episode, the scene with, uh, which is just like, I, I can't, there's no words for it. it, it <laughs> I reminded... mean, you, you, you described it really well. Copyright free speed metal, but like, like just on repeat, like it almost makes Brad look insane. Like, I, I mean, that anyone can enjoy the same three notes over and over and over just on repeat. You know, that's what that's what old fogies like you are always saying about the kids' music, the youth's music. I can't believe they listen to that stuff. Um look, this is this is the same boy who we saw air ban- air guitaring on his own leg like five seasons ago. I, I'm if anything, this, yeah. he is more subdued now than before. <laughs> 
I do like, I don't know, they, they've really uh, decked out his room with all kinds of Detroit um, uh, sports teams. He's got yeah. Red Wing uh, pillowcases. He's got a Pistons pennant. Um, he's got baseball cards pinned to the headboard of his bed. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, he has a big tire, a bicycle tire. Yeah, I was looking at that. At first, I thought, wait, is that just like a... a- kind of scale model of an old-timey Victorian velocipede with the huge front <laughs> wheel and the tiny back wheel. I I, I finally realized, no, it was wait, just wait one bike. Is this, is this the village? Are we watching The Prisoner? <laughs> is, wait, is Brad on the cutting edge of steampunk this whole time? <laughs> I think that the movie The Village could have done with some big old-timey bicycles with the huge front wheel and the tiny back wheel. That would be, I mean, the only issue is that then there would be no threat to the people in the village because they have those awesome big bikes. Yeah, you know, exactly. Nothing to be scared of. Um, um, we go to the Stinger where I have no memory of it. Yep. Uh, Jill's coming home. Tim and Brad are watching something on TV. What the fuck happens? This 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 Stinger is the Stinger equivalent of Simon the character. It just is a... <laughs> It's, oh, it's, right, he gets his he gets his grades right. He, yeah, he gets he gets his scores. SAT scores five fifty in math, five sixty in English. Well, uh, not before he pulls a Charlie bucket and Tim he gives it to Tim to open and says, "Okay, open it." No, wait, don't open it. Okay, open it, but just a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, has to really ease in. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, "Damn it! Why is this creating suspense for me? Like, why do I why why am I still on the edge of my? I guess not the edge of my seat, but every time he delayed, it was." Like, damn it, I want to know how what Brad's SAT scores are so I can have an opinion about it. And we, we I don't know how satisfying it is, but we at least learn his social security number. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Tim starts off by reading like eight, you know, your score is 806,523,000, you know, 111. And, you know, Brad tells him now it's his, it, that's his social security number, which I didn't realize you put like you got that on your SAT results. Like, yeah, why, seems why a are you, little suspect. Why are you giving up the, them your their social security number? The government doesn't do SAT scores. Like, <laughs> like it would have made more sense for Tim to misinterpret the family's address on there as his score. But even I don't know. Uh, yeah, so he gets mediocre scores, and he runs off to tell his. Uh, I mean, but good enough, I guess, to to get into UCLA, which I feel like has pretty strict requirements. But um, then he runs off to talk to Samantha and tell her about his average scores on the SAT. Uh, again, maybe, not... maybe they're doing a college admission uh, scandal. I, I mean, they're, honestly, they're doing one of them, <laughs> the Felicity Huffman's <laughs> they're pulling a Huffman. Uh, that would be, that, that would make, that would make some sense. Tim trying to use his sway as a regional, uh, uh tool show host to get his kid into UCLA. <laughs> don't, don't worry, Brad. You're a Lachlan lock. You're a lock in. <laughs> Uh, I, was wink- I was winking at the microphone in case you couldn't see that. Oh, I, that was good. No, it came through in your performance. It came through. <laughs> okay, I was I was good. too busy trying to find out a way to to fit uh, William H Macy's name into that pun, and I I could not. Um, <laughs> but but so he he runs off to uh, brag about these scores to Samantha, and also say, oh by the way, I was thinking about becoming a pro football player for like three hours, but it didn't happen. But uh, <laughs> Tim and Jill are sitting there on the couch, and Jill says, do you realize how close we came to having another son in a foreign country? And Tim goes, what's with these kids? Lots of people want to come to America. They just want to get out. And, you know, I, and he's pro- he was probably about to launch into a routine about how little respect he gets when uh, we fade to credits <laughs> and get some bloops. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. yeah, can we? Okay, so we're going to enter into part two of this episode. 
uh, where we talk about this singular blooper. The singular bloop. Um, I was deeply uncomfortable with this blooper. Uh, now, is this I the, feel, it, yeah. this is the Heidi bloop? Heidi. She, yeah. so it's, we start the Tool Time episode with her and the pom-poms doing a big cheer, welcoming mm-hmm. people to Tool Time. Does everybody know what time it is? Yeah. It almost feels like on set they were pulling a prank on her and told the audience, okay, normally when Heidi, Heidi says, you know, does everybody know what time it is? The audience shouts tool time. This time when she comes out, everybody be silent. Mm-hmm. And she comes out with the greatest energy in the world and is just doing her job and doing a great job at it. And she says it and like the thankless job of like putting on a cheerleader uniform and carrying pom poms around. Yeah. Right. And introducing somebody else's show. And like one guy in the audience goes, tool time. It's tool time. (laughs) And then the audience laughs at her. Like (laughs) This is awful. I hated it. I feel I feel like they also I feel like they booed. I, I didn't even understand it. I guess that makes sense. I I, I didn't oh, yeah, even somebody that booed. Much yeah, from it. the audience like goes into a, <laughs> a jeer. They literally jeer at this. I don't know who they're even jeering at. At Heidi or, or I, I think I think they're jeering the at guy the guy who was who says the one time. person who didn't. Who yeah okay, I, which. Okay, that like that makes sense now with the context you gave me. For me, it was just like, yeah, wait, why, why does it get no response? Why does someone, and then why do they start booing? And why is she laughing and pointing at something? I, yeah, weird, weird. Uh, th- like, I don't know. Or, I, or maybe, maybe. Okay, I, I'm gonna give this show the benefit of the doubt again. This episode, oof. I know. Wow, uh, making changes here in season eight. Maybe they had told the audience we need. Uh, we need it clean. We're going to dub in another uh, tool time. Um, so we need you guys to be silent when she says this. Mm-hmm. And he says tool time. And like he, an audience member ruins the take maybe. Oh, okay. That could be it. That could be it. I mean, and even if they were playing a prank on Debbie Dunning, I, I, I don't think that's like the rudest thing that's happened in the world. I think that's probably lighthearted fun amongst friends. So even if they did it, it's not like I'm mad about it. It's just more like I I'm know, confused about why I'm being shown this. I, type, I know, like, I know, it's just, it's kind of stupid. But um, the the other outtake we got to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> the, yes, the, the, the real meat of the episode is here in the bloop department. I'm going to let you go through this one. I just, I don't get what the fuck is happening here. Okay, well, I'm I'm honestly trying to remember what the fuck even happened in this. Oh, this okay. There, yeah, it's when they're inside in the in that scene where Tim has Tim has first come in and they are they are talking about how uh you know Brad is going to try and go to England and Tim and Jill are telling him not to. But Tim has come in carrying a plate of bangers that he's grilled up outside and there's smoke coming off of them, and as they're just as they're doing the scene, Tim breaks and starts laughing at something like Brad says something about Simon says, and there's some back and forth about that. And Tim cracks up during it. And then Jill is he just looking... like really, really cracking up like for, for no real apparent reason. And as this is happening, Patricia Richardson is just looking at this plate of prop bangers where more and more smoke is pulling off. And she just goes, did somebody put a lit cigar on here? <laughs> <laughs> which i i just didn't that that seemed like the most genuine of of the bloops we've seen in a while where it's just patricia richardson really being befuddled by <laughs> what her job is 
I don't know. Oh, they're just bloopers. I guess we can't take the piss out of them too much. But uh, um, no, it seems as though we can, Landon, based on how long we've spent doing that. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's uh, let's wrap up here. Why don't we? Uh, yes. Truman, what do we learn? <laughs> really, really, really gonna make you think on this one. What do we learn from this episode? <laughs> uh, we learned that uh, if you are wealthy, uh, and you. <laughs> Uh, are you know if you have wealth and culture you need to make some effort to be a memorable person you know you got Mm -hmm, like i'm not mm -hmm. saying peacock and be a huge asshole and flaunt your wealth i'm just saying uh uh, you know make some sort of impression if you if you live such a life of privilege have something interesting about yourself don't just be a glass of of uh you know room temperature water uh i don't know that's my that's what i learned what what that and so when i get super wealthy and buy a english soccer team <laughs> uh-huh. i'm going to be memorable uh what about you landon um i i'm not sure who first said it but there's an age old saying dance like nobody's watching wow that's so beautiful so, uh if you are if you find yourself tasked with Having to feign an excited dance in front of an audience, just commit to it. Just mm-hmm. let it loose because you're going to look less stupid than doing it and feeling self-conscious about it. Yeah, yeah. That is really... Even, even if you look like an idiot while you're dancing, by doing it intentionally, you are taking control of the situation Yeah, and laughing with them, not having them laugh at you you know i think that if if brad does indeed go to college and if he is ever fortunate enough to be inside a girl's dorm room he will probably see the words dance like nobody's watching somewhere in there so he'll get he'll wind up getting that advice <laughs> he's already going to, to uh i was gonna call her susan who the fuck uh, yeah, is no, no, susan so, hey uh, put a dollar in the jar i guess the jar for you making up fake girlfriends um, wait is it a full dollar for characters that don't even appear in the episode <laughs> Okay, okay. She's, uh, she's been on the show once before. One one post Brexit English pound in the jar, please. Governor. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. Pound in the jar. <laughs> gotta use it to buy a new broom for me chimney. Oh god, we, we gotta end the episode. We almost made it. Jesus Christ. Oh, that brings us to one last question. <gasps> the grunt count. Yeah, how many grunts do you think there were, Governor? <laughs> Zero. That's correct. There were zero grunts. I kind of wish that Simon had shown up in an earlier episode, like in the in the series run, so there would have been an opportunity for him to grunt at Tim, like to have British grunting on the show. That would have been Ooh, neat wh- for us. What do you um, think that sounds like? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you nailed it. That's what it sounds like. And. And I think in in the in the British, uh, you know, it, British grunts also. I think again because of Brexit, they are going to be worth less than a Tim grunt. They're worth like 0. 0.7 of of what a Tim grunt is. So that would fuck up the the grunt count well, and force me to do math. I do think that the British are a little more civilized than Americans, so they are further away from the primitive man. That that holds true to me. Okay, I, that's. I mean, I guess fair, but uh, but in addition to that, I think that their grunts are also somehow super racist, but just in a cultural way and touching on cultural tropes that we don't have over here. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Um. Let's end this episode. Grunt work yes. is made possible by our patrons. If you 
<laughs> if you tolerated today's episode and want to help us create the show, God help you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Pray. Find Jesus. <laughs> What's the... Keep calm and carry on uh, by becoming a Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Leave us a rating review wherever you listen to podcasts because it really helps people find the show. Stop by to say hi to us on Instagram. <laughs> yep, just Instagram. Don't say hi to us anywhere else. Don't say <laughs> well, hello, hello. I I'm gonna be doing more fun stuff on Instagram this season than Twitter. Twitter, I will just post that we've put out an episode. So if you really want the fun stuff, come over to Instagram, or you can visit our website at www.gruntwork. <sighs> www.uk yeah i i was well no i i didn't even get all the whole way through i was gonna say www.gruntworkpodcast.com but i said gruntwork.com because i was too focused on saying uk it's great i'm <laughs> look just google google gruntwork and we're probably in like the top nine or ten landon did some pretty good seo on our site um until next week when we bring you another episode of home improvement i have been landon solano i have been truman caps and remember in england they call it deal time. <laughs> you didn't write that either, did you? No, no, I had it there. I just I wrote it and just wasn't very good. <laughs> you think my improv is bad? Wait till you see the stuff that I think of in advance. <laughs> <laughs>